up everybody my name is mj and you are listening to the one and only mtg in quarantine podcast where the motto is edh community now and always as usual before we get started here i'd like to give a quick shout out to my local game store guardian games you can find guardian games on the web at ggportland.com i'd also like to utilize the opportunity to give a huge shout out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash mtg in quarantine huge round of thank yous to mr big bents nick s frugal brutal and coach jero for supporting the show if you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content head on over to patreon.com slash mtg in quarantine for more information and you can pick up your very own MTG in Quarantine branded playmat over at Inked Gaming. That is I-N-K-E-D Gaming.com. Got two really awesome versions, both the full color logo as well as the grayscale version. They both look amazing. You're going to want one for you and all of your friends. So again, you can go on over to Inked Gaming. That is I-N-K-E-D Gaming.com. Find the affiliate code in the link tree in the episode description. Every purchase helps support the channel and is greatly appreciated. Also, if you are listening to this on a major podcast outlet, please leave a five-star review on your podcast outlet to help me try to defeat the evil algorithm. Every review really helps me see how I'm doing and really is appreciated. So please do that if you are able to, and leave a really nice comment as well if you like what you hear. All right, on to today's episode. So... This past weekend, I got to do a Commander Masters preview event. Obviously, the time that this recording is coming out, Commander Masters has not been officially released yet. So I'm going to just talk about the preview event that I got to do over this past weekend and just, you know, talk a little bit about my experience, just how fun this experience was. So uh, if you aren't familiar with Commander Masters, it is coming out here this upcoming weekend. Uh, I guess August 5th-ish. I'm, I'm not really sure about the date. But anyway, yeah, it's about a four or 500 card set, I believe, including a ton of reprints from, you know, just the last several years here. I mean, I mean, I guess it goes further back than that. But point is, there's a ton of really, really, really good commander cards that are getting reprinted. And it's also really meant to be drafted as well. So just like with uh, Commander Legends or the Battle for Baldur's Gate Commander Legends set last year, Instead of having 15 card draft packs, you have 20 cards in your draft pack. The interesting thing is, unlike Double Masters, where you took two cards with your first pick, you every pack you take two cards. So your pack one, pick one ends up being your pack one, pick one, part A, and pack one, pick one, part B, that you're taking two cards, and then you get past the next pack, you take two cards until none are left. And so this this ends up, you know, giving you, what, like 60 cards or something? But the challenge is, again, just like with the other uh, two Commander Legends sets I just mentioned, you have to try to build a Commander deck around them, which means you have to obviously adhere to Commander color identity. 
But again, in my own personal experience, that wasn't a problem. So with that out of the way, I'm going to get into my personal experience. So what was nice about my draft was I found my commander pack one, pick one, effectively. I, I know a lot of folks at my table were kind of struggling to find necessarily what they wanted to build. That wasn't a problem for me. Because in pack one, basically the first rare that showed up was a Maelstrom Wanderer. And if you don't know what Maelstrom Wanderer does, it's a 7-5 elemental costing 5 green, blue, and red, so teamer colors. Reads creatures you control have haste, which is really nice and on itself, especially in a limited environment. But also, you cascade and cascade. So when you cast a spell, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card that costs less. You may cast it without paying its mana cost. Put the exiled cards on the bottom of your library in a random order, then do it again. So what was really nice about Maelstrom Wanderer was not only did it basically give me a color identity right out of the first pack, so it, it, yeah, it, it opened me up to three colors, but it also provided me uh, a nice little path forward, really, is obviously getting the double cascades is really nice, especially in a limited environment where you can just try to drop two really solid cards right after casting this. But again, what I really enjoyed about Maelstrom Wanderer and what really helped me build the deck was that first line of text where creatures you control have haste. So obviously in a limited environment, some especially in a Commander Legends type limited environment where you're playing with Commander decks instead of regular 40-card draft decks, sometimes the board state can get kind of gummed up without a board wipe. So decks that rely on creature combat, like you know a Maelstrom Wanderer deck here, would probably have to rely more heavily upon large creatures with evasive abilities. So I started looking for large blue and red flyers. Obviously, dragons were definitely in the set, or you know any kind of avon species, or more importantly, green creatures with trample. That was really what I was looking for. It's like I wanted a big, dumb creatures with evasive abilities who then Maelstrom Wanderer could give haste and who Maelstrom Wander could actually allow me to cast off the top of my library and then give haste. So that was really what I was looking to try to do, was try to find a mixture of really big, beefy creatures with evasive abilities, and then also, you know, just have some good value coming off the top while also trying to support the mana curve. Because, again... Well, Maelstrom Wanderer is great. Maelstrom Wanderer costs eight mana and in three different colors. So you're going to want fixing. You're going to want ramp. You're going, because obviously most other commanders in the set don't cost anywhere near as much. And then especially when Maelstrom Wanderer, you kind of want it to die or get exiled so you can recast it to get the double cascade triggers again. So that's really where this ended up going was I was looking for big beefy creatures, but also a lot of ramp, some color fixing, and just, you know, kind of doing the, the blue and red thing of trying to draw some cards, you know, filter through my deck, find what I needed. So as the draft went on, I started trying to find some very large creatures. You know, like I said, ones that can uh, do some really cool things. And I actually got a really good mixture of those cards. So the ones I wanted to call out here today on this episode was, I mean, it all really starts with Goreclaw, Terror of Calcisma. So Goreclaw is a 4-3 bear, costing 3 and a green. Reads, creature spells you cast with power 4 or greater cost 2 less to cast. So important here is with Goreclaw on the battlefield, Maelstrom Wanderer costs 6 now, so just important thing to note there. 
And whenever Goreclaw, Terror of Calcisma, attacks, each creature you control with power 4 or greater, including Maelstrom Wander, gets plus 1, plus 1, gains Trample until end of turn. Obviously, Maelstrom Wander gives everything haste, which allows Goreclaw to attack. And then Goreclaw can give Maelstrom Wander plus 1, plus 1, and Trample. So just a really nice little synergy right there, especially since Goreclaw was downshifted to an uncommon for the set, which was really nice. So just something really cool to see. Another one uh, that I was able to pull, I believe this was my, out of my third pack, was Hellkite Charger. This is actually a really fun little card right here. Um, one I already had in my collection, but again, you know, at this point, when, when you're in pack three and you already know exactly what your colors are and you know exactly what you need... Um, <laughs> And, and, and here comes along a, just a giant dragon with this ridiculous ability. Um, yeah, it's, it, I'd say it's pretty good. Yeah, so Hellkite Charger is a 5-5 dragon costing 4 red red with flying in haste. And whenever Hellkite Charger attacks, you may pay 5 red red. If you do, untap all attacking creatures. And after this phase, there's an additional combat phase. So this is a way to really, you know, try to finish the game, honestly, in this particular deck, especially, which is really nice in the limited environment, because I had ways to be able to get a bunch of mana on the battlefield to try to cast my commander, and if I was able to get the Hellkite Charger out there and had enough red mana, I could at least try to do two combat steps to try to take out my opponents. Didn't quite work out that way in the games, but I'll get to that. Uh, another actually really cool card that I never even knew existed until yesterday, or, sorry, until the weekend, I, I guess. Um, was Rapacious One. Rapacious One is a common out of the set. It's a 5-4 Eldrazi drone costing 5 and a red. It's Trample. And whenever Rapacious One deals combat damage to a player, create that many 0-1 colorless Eldrazi spawn creature tokens. They have sacrifices creature, add a colorless mana. So not only is this a giant creature with Trample that can help push through damage, but whenever it does create damage, it allows me to create a bunch of spawn tokens, which I could then sacrifice later to cast my commander or, you know, cast a mana rock. Obviously, they can only tap for colorless, or sorry, be sacrificed for colorless mana. So obviously, they're not going to be able to help pay for the Hellkite Charger trigger or anything. But again, you know, having even just generic mana on a creature body that can also block is really, really nice. So Rapacious One actually worked out really well, and I got quite a few uh, quite a few triggers off that suckers. It was really nice, and yeah, I I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, I also had Serac the Hunt Caller in the deck. Serac is a five four human warrior, and has formidable. So this is going back to Tarkir here. And at the beginning of the combat in your turn, if creatures you control have total power eight or greater, target creature you control gains haste until end of turn. Kind of a nice little bit of uh, redundancy with my commander, honestly. So when Maelstrom Wanderers out and Serac is dropped, Serac is basically a 5-4 with no abilities. But, you know, it was it was really nice to be able to have the, the redundancy inside the deck, especially in an uncommon slot. So just figured that was kind of a value pickup. But the card that actually did the most work, I would say, out of all of these was Geode Golem. So Geode Golem has been... Re uh, Thinks this might be the first time it's reprinted. I'm not sure. It's a couple years old. But anyway, it's a 5-3 golem with trample for 5 mana, 5 generic mana. And it says whenever Geo Golem deals combat damage to a player, he may cast your commander from the command zone without paying its mana cost. So, um, yesterday I was playing against an opponent who was playing a blue-red kind of control deck. And I kind of figured that he was going to counter my... Um, counter my Maelstrom Wander, which, you know, pay eight mana, I get nothing out of it when you have a counter spell. 
So I had Geo Golem. It had the ability to attack. I cast Maelstrom Wander. My opponent did cast Counterspell. I swung him with Geo Golem, hit him for five damage. I could cast Maelstrom Wander for free. So basically, I ended up having to cast my commander twice, but Geo Golem allowed me to cast my Maelstrom Wanderer for free. And then out of that, I was able to drop my Rapacious Spawn, or sorry, Rapacious One for free off the top of my library. So Geo Golem, while again, it's kind of clunky, if you have a very large commander in that kind of environment, it actually works pretty well. It's a 5 3. You know, it's it's not the biggest thing or the most threatening thing, but when you can cast your commander for free from the command zone when it does damage something, it has trample. It's a pretty nice little value, especially in a limited environment. So now that I've talked about all of the, you know, the, the really big cards, the big creatures in there, I'm just going to kind of do a quick overview of everything else. So after that, it's basically, okay, I need to draw cards I need to be able to try to ramp this stuff out here. I also need to try to find some removal, as well as just some nice value cards in there. So I did end up having quite a bit of ramp. I opened an Arcane Signet, um, you know, the Unstable Obelisk, which, you know, can tap for three, or, th yeah, three mana. You can tap Data Colorless, or you can pay seven, tap, and sacrifice to destroy Target Permit, which actually came in handy yesterday against that same control player when I needed to blow up their Melek, is it Paragon, so I could actually cast my Hellkite Charger on the next turn. So that Destroy ability actually came in handy. I did draft a couple of Elvish Mystics, a Prismatic Lens, you know, just some very decent low-cost ramp to try to be able to get my commander Elysian Carrioted, which uh, one one plant, add one tap to add one mana bank color. If you control a creature power four or greater, like my commander or like any of these cards I already mentioned, add two mana of any one color instead. So obviously I wasn't running a lot of red mana, but if Elysian Carrioted hadn't been destroyed in a board wipe, Hellkite Charger could have gone off on my next turn. So just something interesting to note. I was also running two copies of Windrider Wizard which is a 2-2 flyer. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery wizard spell, you may draw a card if you do discard a card. So just kind of a nice way to be able to utilize my removal spells, my draw card draw spells, try to be able to filter through my deck a little bit. And I was playing 61 cards because I couldn't make a, an extra cut. But what I found was that in the game that I... In, well, in, sorry, in the games that I played, because I did play two games against different opponents, was that even having that 61st card in my commander deck really didn't make all that much of a difference versus just having 60 because I had enough draw and enough filtering in my in my deck, whether that was uh, trying to pull cards out of my deck or just drawing them off the top, that I was consistently going through the vast majority of my deck in both games. So, I mean, I was seeing most of the cards in my deck, and that was really nice. And obviously running Deep Analysis, had a copy of Faithless Looting, um, you know, just, just some decent, decent, decent card draw. Witching Well was in there as well, so I could scry and draw cards. Um, Luteril Core was in there, so I could get an extra couple of cards here and there. I also had some nice removal. I had a couple copies of Resculpt, which allowed me to exile target artifact or creature. I had a Braid. had a Song of the Dryads, which is a first pick from, I believe, the second pack. And I never got a chance to play it, but again, that was a valuable card that finally got a reprint. Just a valuable thing right here. I had a cup, I had a ram through 
base a fight spell and with my giant creatures with trample on there I could deal some damage to one of my opponents. I had a storm kiln artist in there which I never got to play but it's a fun card I've always wanted to play around with and seemed kind of cool. A fierce empath I had two of these and what's nice about fierce empath was that it's a 1-1 elf for two and a grain it says whenever fierce well, sorry when fierce empath enters the battlefield you may search your library for a creature card with mana value six or greater reveal it put it into your hand then shuffle so what's really nice about this particular card is the fact that i was able to get my hellkite charger out of the deck during that game after being able to cast my fierce empath so being able to tutor something and again i had a a couple of cards that uh, let's yeah, and although Maelstrom Wanderer technically doesn't fall into that category, I had Rapacious One and Helkai Charger in the deck, so I was able to tutor that up effectively to my hand, which is really nice, and also made my opponents feel very threatened. I had a couple copies of Teamer Battle Rage, which is a really, really fun card. Give my creatures double strike and also give them trample if their power is four or greater. And I also had a foil pair of Lightning Greaves, which is really awesome. It allowed me to protect my stuff, and I could move it around at, you know, whenever I wanted on my turn. And then, obviously, there was some other stuff I haven't really talked about, but, you know, mostly just commons and whatnot just to kind of fill out the deck. But, yeah, I honestly had a lot of fun with this particular experience, even though I did lose both my games. I had a lot of fun playing this particular deck because I was always a threat. The deck actually ended up being fairly resilient, even against board wipes. And one of the games I ended up kind of dealing with a board wipe type deck. And my my deck here was able to be fairly resilient against that because Maelstrom Wanderer was always available to me so I could get value off the top of my deck. What even even if it wasn't a giant creature flipping off the top of the deck, I was still able to get my non-land cards out of there, out of the deck, do some things. And really, that was I think that was part of what helped me thin the deck, too, was when I cast Maelstrom Wanderer multiple times, I'm exiling cards out of my deck, so I'm effectively thinning by two cards every time. And basically getting to cast spells for free, it was awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I really enjoyed kind of being the threat in, in, in some of those games. Like, I'm getting to do some very gross things in these games, and my opponents are legitimately afraid of me. And, and that's not normally how I play Magic. I normally try to play Commander a little bit more reserved, you know, not try to go all in. But uh, th this was a, kind of a really different experience because I could really just drop a bunch of threats and be that arch enemy sometimes. And it was... Really cool just to see how the deck was working out. The color fixing actually didn't end up being all that much of a problem. Although, because e even though I really didn't have any of the, the fixing lands, I was able to, you know, through my various mana rocks or you know, dorks that I had in there, I was able to get all of the colors and mana that I needed fairly consistently. So I was able to basically cast Maelstrom Wanderer on curve both games. And, the, and, even, and the first game... I could even pay the 14 mana to recast Maelstrom Wanderer for the fourth time because I had 18 mana total between all the lands I had, some of the ramp I had, as well as my Rapacious One giving me a bunch of um, bunch of Eldrazi spawn tokens. And yeah, it was just a really, really, really fun time. If you ever have the chance to do a Commander Masters draft, it's a little more expensive than a regular draft, but I highly recommend it because you not only get your chance to 
you know, get your hands on some really, really powerful reprints. I did rare draft a sapphire medallion, a foil sapphire medallion, which uh, a lot of folks are really happy to see those medallions get reprinted. I have my hands on one for blue, which is really nice. And unfortunately, I did have to pass a couple other decent value cards to try to, you know, find cards for my deck. But at the end of the day, I think the experience was definitely worth it. I highly recommend it to all the folks out there who are listening to this. Definitely do a Commander Masters draft if you can. I'm not necessarily sure if I can recommend buying the sealed product because it is super expensive. And I know that it's, you know, at the end of the day, buying singles is probably your best bet. But if you're going to draft it with your friends or your playgroup, then I can definitely highly recommend that you do that because drafting this was super fun and I wish I could do it again, honestly. Probably not going to have a chance to be able to do that, but oh well, it was fun while it lasted and I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did it. So there's my Commander Masters wrap-up. They will be coming out this upcoming weekend from when this episode was recorded. Definitely check it out. I highly recommend it. All right, so we've reached the end of the episode. I'd like to utilize this opportunity again to give another huge shout-out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash quarantine. Huge round of thank yous again to Mr. Big Benz, Nick S., Frugal Brutal, and Coach Jero for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash quarantine for more information. And I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the MTG in Quarantine podcast. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.